me invite your attention to the first book of the Bible, to Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter 26. I want to talk to you for a little bit this evening about opening up the wells. Genesis chapter 26. On the property where my dad and mom have their home in Middle Tennessee, just down the hill a ways from their house is a is a a little small, not a ravine, it's just a little gully. I don't know what you'd call it in Oklahoma. Uh, But uh, there's some trees, and down there in the bottom area, there is a fresh water spring. At another place on their property, there is a well that actually goes down into the ground and taps into that same water supply, that same source, and uh, that's where they get their water supply from now. Uh, but uh, when I was a boy and living there with my mom and dad on that property uh, in the country in Tennessee, I would uh, often explore around through the trees, the woods there, uh, and uh, I remember the time when my cousins and I got an interest in that fresh water spring. And if you knew where to go, you could go and find the place where the water came directly out of the ground and through some rocks. And it was nice, clear, cool water, good water, fresh water. Yet, because it had never been cared for, it uh, would just kind of flow into the, the, uh, the ground and make a sort of a, a muddy little pond. And uh, we probably at about, I don't know, I suppose we were maybe 12, 13 years old, something like that. We got interested in that. And uh, we started to dig it out and clean it out and clean out the leaves and, and make an area where it could flow through. And uh, a little further down, we dug it out even more and we tried to build a little dam uh, to make a, a bigger pool of water. And uh, we never did succeed too well in making that dam very watertight, but uh, we did succeed well enough that we created a a larger uh, pool there. And it was just, I don't know, I suppose it was just something for us to do. Uh, But we enjoyed that, and we found that by cleaning up that, uh, uh, that area where that water flowed, that it created a a, a better uh, a, a better flow, a better source, uh, and uh, the area that we tried to open up and make. We wanted to make a lake. That was kind of in our uh, our vision, our our dream. Uh, but we never uh, we never got much larger than just a, an oversized. Um, I almost said an oversized puddle. Uh, it was maybe bigger than, it was much bigger than a puddle, but it, it was never a lake. It was hardly a small pond, uh, but uh, we enjoyed it. In Genesis chapter 26, we read a story about Isaac and how he uh, had to open up some of the wells that his father had dug. Genesis 26 and verse 12 And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him 
And the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. He had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants, so that the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. So Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Esek, because they contended with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that also. So he called its name Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Opening up the wells. What we see in the beginning of this story is how Isaac put forth a little bit of effort and after the effort and the work that he invested in the land, he found that God blessed him. God prospered him. Verse 12 of Genesis 26 says that after he had sowed, that he reaped a hundredfold. That's a pretty good multiplication, isn't it? I don't know of anybody that wouldn't be satisfied with that kind of return on effort and investment. It says the Lord blessed him and he became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. So Isaac had not only the possessions, the herds and all that he had inherited from his father Abraham, but through his own effort and work, his wealth multiplied even more. And he became so wealthy and prosperous that the men around him, the rulers uh, of the Philistines around him, such as Abimelech, they felt that he was a threat. And so they, they sent him away. They said, go away from here. You're, you're getting to be more, more numerous and mightier than we are. And uh, we're, we're just a little uncomfortable with this. We'd rather not have you close to, to our territory. We think about the blessing of the Lord, how God blessed Isaac, and uh, we can look at our own lives and see the blessing of the Lord, can't we? Hasn't God blessed us in so many wonderful ways as we think about uh, the life that we have? And, and some of us might say, but pastor, I've got problems and I've got troubles, and, and I would have to say, don't we all have problems and troubles? But yet along with all of the problems and the troubles, we find that God is good. He has provided for us salvation through His Son. He has given us the gift of His Holy Spirit who indwells us and assures our hearts of our standing before Him. We are part of a wonderful family, the family of God. And uh, we have the privilege of coming to worship together. We find, you know, if you, if you have the privilege of traveling very much or if you've traveled uh, in, in the past, 
just about anywhere you go, you can find that there will be people that you'll connect with that are kindred spirits. They may be from uh, a different background. They may, uh, they may not be exactly the same, uh, uh, if you'll excuse this expression, they may not be the same brand of Christian that you are. Uh, but you'll find in many places people who are part of the same big family of God and how wonderful it is to fellowship and commune with one another that are part of God's family. The psalmist in Psalm 103 said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, all his blessing. We've been blessed like Isaac was blessed. Isaac found himself wealthy and prosperous. But also Isaac found out that along with his prosperity, that the blessings that God had given him needed to be maintained. They needed to be maintained. The most important resource that Isaac would have needed to search for and find in the kind of land that he lived in would have been water. And so that's why we see him so diligent in the pursuit of finding water. And his servants repeatedly, they, they opened up the wells that Abraham had dug. And, and uh, then they tried to dig new wells. The wells... In this passage and, and the, uh, the comparison that I want to give to you this evening, the wells represent the resources that are necessary to maintain and multiply the blessings of the Lord. God blessed Isaac, but Isaac needed to put forth some effort not just to, to receive the blessings that God provided for him, but he needed to continue to put forth effort to maintain those blessings. He needed the water for the flocks. He needed irrigation for the crops. And as, he, uh, as his possessions multiplied, his herds, his flocks multiplied, as the crops grew, he needed that supply of water. And friends, in all of the ways that God has blessed you and blessed me, we need to maintain the wells in our lives in order to maintain and care for the blessings that God has given to us. Well, what are some of the wells that we need. I think one of the wells that we need for sure in our hearts, in our lives, is a consistent devotional life. Now, I will tell you that I think this has been in some ways misrepresented in the past, and I want to acknowledge that. In the past, it seems as if Often, whenever anyone is struggling spiritually or having some problems, one of the first questions that is asked is, how is your devotional life? Are you reading your Bible and praying? And uh, I, I will acknowledge that is very important. It's crucial uh, to maintain the life of blessing that God has given to us. Yet, sometimes there are deeper issues that need dealing with. There are issues that need healing in our hearts and lives. And sometimes there may even be uh, deep woundedness and emotional uh, scarring and issues that simply an enhanced devotional life won't touch. 
There may even need to be uh, some, some, uh, some professional help in some people's uh, stories, in some people's cases, some counseling, and that's okay. That's okay. So what I'm talking about, though, is not the, the deep issues of life, but I'm talking about at a general level the things that we all need to keep in place in order to maintain the blessing of the Lord. And one of the wells that we need to keep open and unstopped is the well of a consistent devotional life. That is regular Bible reading and study and prayer and seeking God. It needs to be a daily commitment, a daily appointment, and then more than just a daily appointment, but learning how through the moments of our days to maintain a heavenward focus. The psalmist said, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. And friend, it's when we find that we have not just those those special set-aside moments, but it's when we find that we're able to maintain communion with the Lord throughout the day that we find ourselves experiencing victory and we maintain the blessing that God has for us. We also need the well of regular Christian fellowship. That is the church. We need one another. We need to attend the place of worship together. It's, uh, I, I've spoken uh, recently a number of times about prayer, both private prayer and public prayer or corporate prayer. We could use the same analogy of, of our daily devotions, our private relationship with God and our public or our corporate relationship with God as part of the family of God. And some would maybe ask the question, which one of those is more important? But that's like saying which one of your legs is more important or which wing on an, air, on an airplane is the most important. You really need both, don't you? And friends, in the same way, we need both our consistent devotional life, our private walk with God, but we also need regular Christian fellowship as part of the family of God. Those times where we gather to worship together. Also those times where we gather to, to share meals together, to share fellowship together. We also need, I believe, periodic, intensive spiritual pursuits. This may not be something that we do on a daily basis, but every once in a while we need those times when our pursuit of God goes deep and digs deep. They might be times such as we had just a few weeks ago of revival meeting where we have special speakers and singing and, and we, we set aside time especially to worship God. We're coming to the summertime where we'll have our, uh, our, our camp meeting and uh, that is another time that we have set aside that is, that is uh, for the purpose of intensive spiritual pursuit. We need those wells in our lives. We need to keep those wells open. 
We need to keep those wells open. You see, the wells in our life, like the wells that Isaac was uh, drawing from to provide for his herds and to provide for his crops, uh, the wells in our life can become stopped up and clogged. They can become stopped up because of neglect, because of neglect. If we, uh, if we ignore those like the, the story I was telling you about the spring uh, of water on my mom and dad's property that uh, I worked on when I was a boy to clean out to get the water flowing clean, and, and uh, that was just a big muddy puddle because nobody had taken care of it. And friends, in our own lives, if we fail to care for the wells, they will become clogged because of neglect. We will find ourselves spending time on the busyness and the activities of daily life rather than our keeping our focus on our spiritual walk with God. But not only can they become clogged because of neglect, but they can become stopped up by the enemies in our lives if we will allow them. This is one of the things that happened in the story that we read from Genesis 26 about Isaac. The wells uh, that Abraham had dug were stopped up by the Philistines. And then as Isaac worked to maintain the wells for the benefit of his flocks and the benefit of his, of his crops, the irrigation of his fields, uh, he found that he continued to have trouble with maintaining the wells. As God blessed him and he found it necessary to find more water, his servants dug more wells. Verse 19, it says, They dug in the valley and found a well of spring water. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, No, it's our water. You can't have it. And so Isaac named that well Esek, or contention. It is a well, it's a, it's a word that means basically argument. And they had an argument over the water, the water supply there. And so what did they do? Well, they went on to another place to dig another water, or another well, another well of water. Uh, verse 21, they dug another well. And again, they quarreled over that well also. And so Isaac named that well Sitna which means enmity. And as I read the story, I found it curious that rather than defending their wells or engaging the enemies, uh, those that were contending with them, Isaac chose to lead his people to maintain peace, and they just went somewhere else to try to dig another well. Can I tell you this evening, I think there's a good lesson for us in that. Don't waste time bothering with people who try to stop up wells. Now, if it's a well in your own life that has gotten clogged because of our own neglect, then that's a different story. That's because of our own failure to maintain the well and to keep the water flowing clearly and cleanly. 
That's our problem. That's our responsibility. But when it's someone else trying to bother, trying to discourage, trying to break us down rather than to build us up, don't waste your time engaging with people like that. Just go somewhere else and dig another well. You know what happens when we bother with the people in our lives who try to stop up the wells, who try to discourage, who try to bother? You know what happens? We end up getting aggravated and frustrated and we lose a lot of time and energy and it doesn't get us any closer to the water. All we need to do is follow Isaac's example and go somewhere else and dig another well. And Isaac kept moving, he kept his people moving around until finally he came to this place. They dug a third well, verse 22, and they did not quarrel over it, so he called its name Rehoboth, saying, for now the Lord has made room for us. That word means broad places. Friends, when you face opposition as you try to dig and maintain the wells in your life, just keep digging. And God will bring you to a place where you can find plenty of room for the well that you need. And friends, Isaac found just what he needed. As he continued to dig, as he continued to seek and search for water, he found what he needed. And as a result, wonderful blessing came into his life. The first thing that we see happen uh, as Isaac continued to seek for the water he needed, he found covenant renewal, covenant renewal. If you look at verse 23, uh, it says, from there he went up to Beersheba and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not, for I am with you and will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord. Friends, when we keep digging until we find the water we need, we will find the blessing of the Lord multiplied in our lives. Not only did he find covenant renewal, but Isaac found that he looked good to those who were watching. He looked good to those who were watching. Look at verse 26. We didn't read this far, but uh, it's still Genesis chapter 26, verse 26. When Abimelech went to him from Gerar with his advisor and the commander of his army, Isaac said to them, Why have you come, seeing that you hate me and have sent me away? And they said, We see plainly that the Lord has been with you. So we said, Let there be a sworn pact between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. You see, they had been watching. What do you suppose would have happened if Isaac had engaged with those men who were arguing and quarreling over the water? This is just speculation, and that's all we can do. But I, think, I, I don't think Isaac uh, would have looked nearly as good to those men if he had fought over the water. But he simply left them to go somewhere else and find another place to dig another well. And I believe it's partly because of that, that attitude of seeking 
to maintain peace rather than to engage in confrontation, uh, that God allowed him to be a good representative of God himself. And the people were interested in what made Isaac different. They saw the blessing of the Lord in him. They said, verse 29, that you will do us no harm just as we have not touched you and have done to you nothing but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. So he made them a feast and they ate and drank. Friends, when you and I, when we simply, we don't worry about the opposition, we don't engage the opposition. And I I understand the temptation to get frustrated and aggravated and bent out of shape over the people that are clogging up the wells in our lives. It might be someone who is, who is discouraging us. It might be someone who is, uh, uh, it, we have a relational difficulty with, and we've tried to, uh, to bring resolution, but there's little or no response or what have you. Uh, it, it might be any number of things. But the danger is when we engage the opposition, the people, I'm talking about the people in our lives. I know we have an adversary, an enemy that we must stand against at all times. But the people in our lives that can sometimes be discouraging and clog up the wells, when we engage them... As I said a moment ago, it only results in frustration and aggravation and we lose time and energy and we never get any closer to water. But when we just keep digging, go, go to another place and keep digging, keep the well clear, we find that we get the water we need and also the blessing of covenant renewal and those people who are looking on see a good representative of Jesus Christ in our lives and through our example. And then better still, we find even more water. Isaac had already found water. His men had found water. They found that place that they named Rehoboth and and, uh, said that the Lord has made room for us and we've got the water that we need and we'll be fruitful in the land. But it says in verse 32, that same day that they had made this, uh, this pact or this covenant with Abimelech, that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well that they had dug, another well that they had dug, and said to him, we have found water, and he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. Even more water. Friends, when we dig, we find that there is an abundant supply of water. There is a supply for all that we need. And we find this demonstrated to us both in the Old Testament and in the New. Jesus spoke to us uh, in John chapter 7 and said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And friends, these are multifaceted, multiplied source uh, uh, of blessing and, and uh, supply. And God has plenty for all that we need if we just keep digging and keep the well clean. Praise his name. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you that you have an abundant supply.
available to us. We think of the words from the psalm that said, The river of God is full of water. We're so glad that you have provided us not only all the blessing that we uh, could ever hope for, but you've provided us a way to maintain that blessing as well.